2: Sells with you on a thursday night here till 10 o'clock and of course everybody is talking about st louis city sc the soccer team the major league soccer franchise for st louis getting underway finally after all this build-up coming up this saturday we're joined now by ben hockman columnist for the st louis post dispatch who has been paying a lot of attention to all this coming ben how you doing tonight I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thank you for being with us. And I guess my, my first question for you, I'm going to state what nobody's really been talking about yet. We've had all the excitement and all this and all that, but anybody who's a sports fan knows that expansion teams don't tend to fare well. So what can we – do we have a shot of doing something here? Because I've seen a lot of people saying they're going to be the worst team in MLS, and there there was one guy who was like they might push for the playoffs. So what do you think we're looking at here?
3: That's a great question. Um, To be honest, I don't think anybody – truly knows, even Lutz and Bradley Carnell that, that run the team. Uh, the reality is that they had more time to prepare and plan for this season than other expansion teams have had in their first year. So that's a positive. We saw City, too, uh, make the Western Conference or win the Western Conference uh, last year. So that was a plus, of course. But the reality is this is a first-year professional team going up against a lot of great teams. Now we could flip it and say, hey, there's more playoff teams this year. There's nine playoff teams in the Western Conference. So maybe St. Louis can get hot and, and flip in. I'm, I'm not going to go on the record and say I think this is a playoff team, but I'll simply say, I think this will be a fun team to watch because of their style of play. They're going to play this aggressive, pressing style uh, that will show a lot of hustle and a lot of effort. And even if they don't win a lot of games, I think the fans will buy into the culture of the team. And if you look at Austin, they were an expansion team last year, or excuse me, two years ago, finished second worst in the West. And then in their second season, Austin finished second best in the West.
2: So there's hope for us yet. Now that pressing style, you talked about the leading scorer for the whole league last year, plays for Austin. And, uh, you know, for those of us, and I I, I fall into this category, I am by no means a a soccer aficionado. I I watch the World Cup when it comes along, and every once in a while we'll pop on a Premier League game on a Saturday morning but don't really know the game super well. But other sports, like, for example, I think hockey is probably one that will be a good uh, comparison for us here in St. Louis, that pressing in-your-face style is great, right up to the point that the really fast guy gets past you and he's in alone on the goaltender.
3: Exactly, exactly. Uh, the, the pressing style has become popular in soccer over the last, I don't know, 10 years, uh, especially uh, in Germany. It really started in, in Germany. And the idea is, yeah, similar to a four-check in hockey, um, you're, you're, you're trying to get the ball back from the other team's defensive players as soon as they get the ball, or any player on the other team. And uh, there's a lot of strategy involved. You know, you think of press and basketball. You think of Coach uh, Dennis Gates at the University of Missouri and and how they press a lot and and try to cause havoc and, and force someone to make a tough decision under duress. Now, like you made reference to, uh, that can backfire. And if they can move, the other team can move the ball up the field. Suddenly, uh, you hear that phrase in sports a lot. They've got numbers. They've got numbers. And we might see that a lot against St. Louis. But uh, hey, uh, at least St. Louis has possibly the best goalie in MLS.
2: That's helpful, <laughs> definitely. We got the backstop. What do you What do you think about as you're watching this build up? And I, I don't know if you've covered a, a startup, an expansion team before. I'll ask you that as well. Uh, what What have you thought of the build up to this, and and how it's kind of taking shape here in St. Louis?
3: Well, the best comparison I have from my own journalism experience was 2002, uh, 21 years ago, in New Orleans. The then Charlotte Hornets moved to New Orleans. So I was there for the NBA team's first city in the city of New Orleans, and there was similar palpable excitement as in St. Louis in 2023. There's this idea of, like, we got a team. I can't name one player on the team, but it's our team. It's our guys, and there's a lot of excitement because of that. And the jerseys and the, and the T-shirts are cool. That color is cool. They, they call it city red, but come on, we all know that's pink. Uh, it's, a, it's a great <laughs> It's a great color, though, and, and you know, in, in my neighborhood, some of the local kids are walking around wearing St. Louis City SC shirts. You know, there literally hasn't been a game yet, but these kids are already supporters of the team, and uh, they've sold out the tickets. So there there definitely is a buzz similar to when New Orleans guys, the NBA team, and it's an exciting buzz.
2: Has, has the United States finally gotten soccer I mean we we've seen the the false starts over the years those of us who are a certain age I as a kid I remember Pele and the New York Cosmos and they thought that was gonna bring it with the North American Soccer League and then it kind of has ebbed and flowed over the years and we always have the excitement that comes around the World Cup and everybody gets hyped up and then the U.S. team loses and they move on and then we do it again Women's Cup and then we win and then we get really excited for a little while and then everybody kind of moves on but it it seems like MLS which is now an established league certainly has done this sort of slow burn where they've just kind of eased their way into the lexicon of American sports. Are we finally to some degree a soccer nation, do you think?
3: To some degree, to some degree. Uh, I think if you ask a casual sports fan to, to rank American sports, uh, it's possible soccer will get as high as fourth, but maybe not much higher than that um, in our country. But the reality is, MLS has grown, and America, of course, is an international land. People from so many different countries come here. A lot of other countries, soccer is the number one sport. We see it here in St. Louis with the great Bosnian community. Uh, A lot of people from Bosnia love soccer, and when the Bosnian national team played, at Bush Stadium uh, earlier this century, it was a huge deal. So there's, there's definitely uh, – I, I think we're we're better than the days of Pele's going to make soccer big in America. Uh, but I also think back uh, realistically to, funny enough, the same year I made reference to with the New Orleans Hornets, 2002, the United States men's soccer team did really, really well, finishing uh, in the final eight in the World Cup. And I think there was this idea, like, okay, that was the catapult that American soccer needed, and maybe the growth of MLS. But like you said, it was more of a slow burn. Uh, it wasn't a, um, a huge breakout with MLS, and frankly, the, the national team didn't fare well in the following. Decade and a half, so that was frustrating. So here we go again. Uh, I still think there's excitement. But look, there's a there's a twenty thousand seat stadium, brand spanking new, in the middle of, of St. Louis. It's a beautiful structure. Clearly, this is a big league. Clearly, this is a major league. But no, it's not the NFL.
2: What's your prediction? Like, if you as you look ahead to the season, and I'm not saying like wins and losses, but more from the standpoint of how this team is going to come in and. The, you know obviously it'll be crazy the for the home opener probably for the first few games and then people will kind of settle in it's a long season what is your prediction sort of over the season for what uh st Louis city looks like uh, as as we go through the year
3: well I will predict that they win their first home game Charlotte the opponent is not that good and with all the momentum and excitement and loud crowd uh that'll be at city park that day I'm thinking that St. Louis does, in fact, win its first game in St. Louis. Uh, another prediction I would say is that this fella, Klaus, uh, no first name. Klaus, he's a Brazilian player, so they only go by one name, uh, will become a household name in St. Louis and then a popular, well-liked player. Uh, he, he plays uh, such an aggressive style. He's the striker, so he's probably going to lead the team in goals. And even talking to Bradley Carnell, the coach just yesterday at Media Day, he coach was saying things like, Look, this guy loves to be slighted. This guy loves. Anybody to doubt him? He feeds off that stuff. He feeds off hostility from opposing crowds. These are cool traits of a soccer star. So I'm excited to see Klaus become a big name in St. Louis. And and look, I I mean they've sold out, I believe, with season tickets. I don't know the exact numbers, but they've sold a lot of season tickets. I feel like every home game is going to be a sellout. And even though the team won't do well, uh, it's going to be a very very important and exciting thing for St. Louis this summer. And when we head into season two. That's when it's like, all right, okay, can you guys win consistently? And a year from now when I'm on your show and we have the same conversation, then we'll have a better gauge on, all right, is this a playoff team? Can this be the next Austin?
2: How much of your time do you do you see spending on St. Louis? See, obviously, you know, the Post Dispatch sports page is still something everybody's keeping an eye on. Uh, the Cardinals and the Blues have the, uh, the the key spots, the prime spots. How do you how do you think this team is going to fit into that? Are we are we going to be above the fold with soccer very often?
3: <laughs> well, the good news is, and a good way of looking at it is, we have a full time soccer beat writer, Tom Timmerman who is an established rider in this town and knows soccer, knows the game, knows the history. He's the beat rider. So we as the Post-Dispatch will cover every game and uh, cover the, uh, the team. I mean, we have been covering the team. I mean, Tom was covering every single uh, City 2 game last year. So uh, hopefully the readers are enjoying his coverage. And myself and Ben Fredrickson, the two columnists, uh, we'll be writing our butts off. We we are excited about this team, and yeah, maybe come July if if they're in last place and the Cardinals are in first place, maybe I'm I'm not spending my Saturdays at City Park as much as I am at Bush Stadium. But as of now, we are we are fired up and ready to write about these guys.
2: All righty, Ben Hockman from the Post Dispatch, fired up for soccer season. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And coming up next, more St. Louis City SC. Be joined by Matt Seabach, the Chief Experience Officer for the team, who's gonna tell us about all the bells and whistles at City Park and other things we can expect the team will be doing to get you excited about St. Louis's newest pro sport. It's nine seventeen. I'm George Sells. Back in a moment. 920 on a Thursday evening, George Sells with you, KMOX, at your service here till 10 o'clock. Talking St. Louis City SC, getting ready for the inaugural MLS season here in St. Louis. Kickoff, the first match will be played in Austin, Texas on Saturday night. Not far from having City Park in downtown West full of fans just a little bit further down the road. And joined now by Matt Seabach, Chief Experience Officer for St. Louis City SC, I guess, Matt, uh, a little slow at work lately?
5: Oh, my gosh. It's crazy right now, George. But, uh, no, we're excited. We're absolutely buzzing. We can't wait.
2: So tell me. What are you doing right now? I know your, your focus is more of the home games and, and, and the experience for the fan here, though I'm sure that you guys have some things cooking for the stuff on the road as well. But what, what are you doing right now? What are the things that are, that are keeping you up at night right now as we uh, count down to uh, our inaugural MLS season here?
5: I mean it's it's uh it's all over the place you know there's there's so many of our fans that can't wait to you know uh dial up on on Apple TV and watch our first our first official match this Saturday in Austin Texas um so plenty of fan activations and we're having a watch party down at the stadium on Saturday night um but on you know a lot of the focus for the last 3 months has been on city park itself and and just really you know tightening the screws and and making sure that that thing's really humming and ready to go for next saturday which is our our first official home opener
2: so what is the coolest thing what what are the things that people are going to be talking everybody's talking about this being kind of the the stadium of the future uh what what are your some of your favorite bells and whistles
5: Oh my gosh i mean i I think it it really does balance high tech and high touch really, really well. Um, you know, it does have all the the latest and greatest bells and whistles, but i I think it actually that actually sits in the background quite a bit. um the architecture of the space is magnificent. Um, you know, our food story that everyone is is pretty familiar with now over twenty five local partners um so it it really has an attention to detail that I think come through for fans when they when they walk into the space um the tech side though is um is pretty impressive we have you know three frictionless markets where you walk in grab what you want and walk out there's no no lines no cues um they're super quick you can get in and out in 30 seconds we've got you know over 10 of our restaurants that you can mobile order ahead from our app um, tons of color changing light so there's there's really there's so much to be excited about uh, we've had three years to build City Park and and really every detail has been thought of and we're uh, we're finally pumped to uh, you know while we talk about all the tech and and the restaurant partners like the, the heart and soul of that building is going to be the fans.
2: so we can't wait to get them in the building and this place is architecturally designed to be loud is that not correct
5: it is, yeah, it's you know, forty feet below street level, you know, a flat canopy roof, um, a three thousand seat supporter section where they'll be standing singing, chanting all match long. So there's a lot of things working in our favor. It was, you know, deliberately designed to be loud and I, I really think it's gonna be an experience that for most Saint Louis sports fans have, have never been a part of, so we're pumped.
2: Let's. We're talking about the home game, but we've got we've got the the road game first in Austin. Uh, you talked about the fact that uh, Apple TV is the is the the way that people will be able to watch on television. Of course, here at Odyssey, we're very excited. Y ninety eight will have the uh, radio broadcasts of all the St. Louis City SC games. And just tell me a little bit about what you're expecting this coming Saturday. You've got watch parties. What are the kinds of things you're trying to do? when they hit the road and play their first game on the road just to get people buzzing about this, to get them excited?
5: I mean, it's certainly like it's accessibility is a big part for us. I think Apple TV is really, a, you know, a progressive partner that is so so good for major league soccer and, and you know, the progression of that game in North America. So uh, Apple TV, you know, all games are, are, are offered globally. They all stream. There's no blackouts. You, know, you can hit our games from any device. Um, so we're really excited about that. We're obviously excited about our, our radio partnership, um, which will be fed into the Apple TV broadcast as well. And then, you know, our, our bar network, we over we have over 30 bars across the region that we're partnered with that have, you know, basically st- stood up and said, you know, we will show every home and away city match. So no matter where you are, you know, north, south, east, west, across the region, um, there, there's probably a neighborhood pub or bar that's going to be showing our matches. So plenty of ways to get out and, you know, bring friends or, or meet new ones.
2: Now, was it your responsibility to go bar to bar across the St. Louis region and recruit this network?
5: Man, like, like anything, whether it's, you know, <laughs> our food, uh, our, our music, uh, we asked our fans, like, tell us. I certainly have my favorite neighborhood pubs, but uh, uh, our fans told us, you know, their favorites, and, and that's how we onboarded the bar network.
2: And is this something that is there? I guess on, I guess somewhere on your website, there's a list of the places people can go.
5: It is. It's called City on Tap. Um, we'll be talking about it every every home and away game. Um, you know, you can follow our social feeds, and we'll, and we'll be talking about that. But yeah, it's on our website as well.
2: So it's here. I mean, you and I have talked about this before i've had you on on my show before yeah. it's been a couple of years ago, and it's you know we started talking about this. It was during uh it was before the pandemic that we announced that we were going to have a team and then it got bumped back a year by the pandemic and we sat and we waited i mean to think you think about the fact that that announcement that big announcement party I still remember that that news conference. Was before the pandemic. I mean, the world is a completely different place. It seems like it's been forever. What goes through your mind as you look at the calendar and think, "Oh my God, we're we're gonna play a game on Saturday?" It's it's
5: pretty amazing. I mean i i was uh, I was like talking to my wife earlier about like three years ago. You know, just being you know born and raised in St. Louis, a big soccer fan. I think we we kind of imagined what what this moment a week leading up to our first game would feel like and and how the the region would would really support it but but I I, you know never in my wildest dreams imagined it it would reach these levels everybody's talking about it Um, it's 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 um, you know I I pinch myself just because you know there's our team has you know put in a lot of time a a lot of work and uh, we're surrounded by by great people but um, I, I honestly just excited the next week to sit back a little bit and enjoy it as a fan because we've waited a long time for it. And I think it's going to be a blast.
2: Now tell me this, and I don't, I don't mean to, you know, put a turd in the punch bowl, so to speak, but expansion teams in all sports for time and Memorial, uh, have had a reputation. They, they notoriously kind of stink because they're the new team going up against all <laughs> the teams that exist. And we are now getting to the point where it's going to be about the product on the field. Uh, what, what, what are you seeing out of this group that maybe makes you think we can push past this and maybe not be the worst team in the league and you know, maybe make some noise. I've seen predictions that range from bottom of the barrel, worst thing in MLS, to, Hey, these guys might have a shot at the playoffs.
5: I think, you know, we as sports, but St. Louis, especially love, like we we love an underdog story. So uh, we're, you know, we're ready for it. Um, you know, what I see is, you know, Lutz Fenn and Steele and, and Bradley Carnell uh, who lead up our, our, our sporting department. They uh, have a team that, that has a very clear playing style and it is in your face, high energy, high tempo, um, a blue collar work ethic that I think St. Louis is going to really rally behind and identify with. Um, there's also a lot of players on that team that come from a lot of different backgrounds globally. And I think once St. Louis gets to know these players, they're going to ride along that journey with them. And so, yeah, you know, first year uh, historically has had issues, teams embracing that. But, you know, we've had a head start. Um, A lot of, you know, over half of the players have been here for over six months. So they're accustomed to St. Louis. Um, You know, they have homes here. Uh, the weather, um, all those things that historically a lot of new teams are, are playing catch-up with. Uh, I think there's there's some things in our favor, um, but the playing style is something to really get excited about, and we think St. Louis is going to absolutely fall in love with it.
2: Have you got a prediction for the year? What, what are we looking at? <laughs> Give I'm predi- going to put you on the spot here. Give us a prediction
5: come on george like i you know <laughs> i i don't control wins and losses i control the fan experience and we're looking we're looking at I, I measure success by smiles walking in and out of the stadium so that that's my prediction
2: okay i'll give you i'll give you an easier one then give me <laughs> give me an over under on how long it takes before you're walking down a street downtown and you hear somebody shouting klaus repeatedly at the top of their lungs <laughs>
5: I, yeah, I think there are there are four or five players that I think will be household names in, in a very very short time, and and Klaus is one of them, our bi- our big striker up front who's going to score a lot of goals this year.
2: All right, well, Matt Seebach, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to having the team here on Odyssey Radio, and we are certainly uh, looking forward to St. Louis's brand new pro sport and St. Louis's brand new stadium. Uh, down the stretch, you come, my friend. Thanks, George. Let's go. All righty. 9 on KMOX coming up next. Let's talk a little bit about sport, the, the new sports in the city. Let's talk a little bit about, do you have an excitement level for St. Louis city SC also the battle Hawks XFL. They were the top rated sports draw on St. Louis television this past weekend. Are you into that? And you know, does, does football being played have you thinking again, like, could we get another NFL team? Would you like that? Would you welcome it? We want to hear from you. 314-436-7900. Again, 314 436 I'm George Sells. You're listening to KMOX. At your service, it's 931. 935. KMOX at your service. George Sells with you for another 25 minutes or so as we push toward the 10 o'clock hour. Just had quite a bit of conversation about St. Louis City SC. You a soccer fan? What do you guys think? I mean, St. Louis is is known to be a soccer town. At least that's what we tell ourselves internally that the rep is. And you certainly go back to... You know, the 1950s, the World Cup team that beat England that had half a slew soccer team on it and uh, a lot of success back in the 80s with the old steamers. My wife's got an old St. Louis steamers jersey still floating around the house. (laughs) So we've had our moments. There's no question about that. Uh, I always wondered, quite frankly, why it was we didn't get an MLS franchise much sooner than we did. Uh, for for all of the above reasons, and and you can look around in in the world of soccer and find uh, plenty of St. Louisans in some you know pretty big spots as American players go. I mean, we we have to you know we have to admit what we are, which is kind of the second class citizens of the soccer world. Americans are, but uh, St. Louis has its share of of, of big name players. Some guys playing in the Premier League, uh, of course, on the women's side. Becky Sauerbrunn has been a fixture on the u s national team, which is probably the best soccer America has had to offer globally uh and so we, we we've we've got some stuff going on so you tell me three one four four three six seventy nine hundred are are you juiced for professional soccer coming to St Louis? I would also ask you uh we've got spring football being played also the St Louis Battlehawks are about a week and a half away from their first uh, home game of the season after the XFL has been resurrected by Dwayne the rock Johnson. We've got football being played. It's going to be back in the dome. And and my next question for you would be, are you excited about that? Are the battle Hawks a thing for you? And the third place that, that you go with that is, at what point does this town start to maybe regain an appetite for some conversation about the NFL and what a return of the National Football League might look like or could look like, or will it ever happen? Do you want it to? Do you care? I mean, a lot of people, the reason we've got the soccer team, the reason MLS is here is largely because the Rams bailed. Even though it's not a, a direct competition with you know football and soccer they're not direct competitors with one another. Soccer didn't come here because they're like, "Oh great, we don't have football to contend with anymore." Uh you know, the seasons don't really overlap at all, but what they do overlap in is competition for corporate dollars. I I spent some time uh back in my report news reporting days uh, I was working in Louisville, Kentucky, when they were trying to get an NBA team there. And they, they came very close a couple of times. And you learn when you start delving into that whole world of professional sports and movement of teams and building of arenas and this sort of thing that the biggest the, – the two biggest pieces of the calculus, if you will, are, of course, the venue, the stadium – and uh we're we're very fortunate here that the uh that Carolyn Kindle and the Taylor family uh the and you know go on and on the folks from worldwide technologies uh basically said we're not going to get into this uh political beg city for uh you know corporate welfare they they went out there and they built themselves a stadium, so that's your first thing, but then the second thing. That is always uh, the big equation for all of this is how many Fortune 500 co- companies do you have and how many teams do you have competing for those dollars? Because you think about it, big companies in St. Louis, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, and then you get some of like you know, the big law firms, stuff like that. They're all entertaining clients. that they, they, they buy – the luxury boxes at Bush stadium and at the enterprise center for the blues. They buy the season ticket packages. They buy the fancy deluxe seats down by the glass for the hockey game and the green seats behind the plate for the blues. And so when the Rams disappeared into thin air, uh, we ended up with a situation where there were a bunch of those dollars that were suddenly available. And, Major League Soccer had, of course, had their eye on St. Louis anyway because of that whole soccer background. And with their eye on St. Louis and suddenly knowing that all of those uh, luxury boxes and prime season tickets that were being bought for the Rams were now, all those dollars were just kind of sitting there. Well, hey, here we go. And that's why we have a team. So your next question becomes: Now that you have another competitor in the pool for those dollars, and the Battle Hawks are kind of there too. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That that league is very different. The XFL. I mean, they don't even have practice here. They basically have all of their teams in the XFL in Texas. They're in Arlington, Texas, having their their practices every week and all their team meetings and at one facility where all eight teams are. And then they just fly them all out to the cities that they have, whose names they have on their jerseys each week to play the games. So, and you know, we're going to do well here. We saw that the first time the XFL came around, we, we put a lot of butts in seats here, many more than any of the other cities in the league. And one can expect that we'll see something similar, uh, with the battle Hawks this time around in this version of the league. But I don't know if, if that's really the, the competition for that high end sports season ticket, just from the standpoint of, you, know, you can probably take a family of four to a battle Hawks game for 40 or 50 bucks. And uh, you know, the soccer game, that's not going to be cheap. I've already looked up those tickets and you're, you're going to spend some money if you don't, if you don't have your tickets bought already because they already got pr- most of it sold out, so it's it's not going to be a cheap ticket. It's going to be like a prime Cardinals game or a prime Blues game, and uh, but with fewer dates, they only have eighteen home dates, so that's going to be a, a different scenario. So I am curious what folks think on the occasions that people start talking NFL again, like. Yeah, what do you think? You know, we're still sour toward that league, obviously, but uh, you know, time heals all wounds. I remember when Albert Pujols left the Cardinals, and he was persona non grata in this town. And after ten, ten or twelve years, all of a sudden, he's he's back to being uh, a guy could ha- who can have his statue up. <laughs> so I wonder how long it goes until. Uh, as a community the NFL is forgiven and people want to see NFL football here because let's face it if if the NFL were to decide to expand again could happen uh, everybody always is talking about Europe as as a possibility or Mexico uh, maybe even Canada and some of those those big markets but as as american cities go you know the st louis Did not fail that team, and anybody who's who's looking at the dynamics of it know that it was no fault of St. Louis that Stan Kroenke had the opportunity to double the more than double the value of the franchise overnight by just planting a flag in the second largest media market in the country. So there's the possibility they've seen it succeed here before. It could it could work here again theoretically. It's the question of what's the support level. We shall see. We're going to see some support for soccer. and We're already seeing it in the ticket sales. Uh, the Battle Hawks are selling, selling some tickets. Sounds like that's going pretty well for them. So it's going to be fun. It'll be a fun spring. It'll be a different spring uh, from any that we've ever had here because you have the, these two new entrants in, into the sports market here. It'll be fun. Stay tuned. Enjoy. It's 944. We'll be right back here on X. Now, political persuasion doesn't really matter that much. You know, everybody's got those politicians that they're kind of embarrassed by. You know, we've got them in Missouri and, you know, there there are Republicans who have Democrats they have no use for. There are Democrats that have Republicans that have, they have no use for. But let's all – and Illinois the same way for you folks on that side of the river. But let's all just take a moment because I think we could all agree – Thank God we don't have to claim Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think we can all agree on that one. Uh, her, her latest uh, tweet of brilliance this evening, which already has 33,000 views, uh, is talking about the, uh, the money being spent on Ukraine and somehow tying it to the border crossings. And she states that 6 billion people have illegally crossed our border since Biden took office. But Ukraine's border is the only one that matters to Washington. Six billion people. Now, considering that the population of North and South America combined is about a billion, uh, that's a pretty darn good trick. We got six times the population of two continents to cross over. Six times the population of China. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's like, Really? Do you think anybody isn't checking facts? You don't even have to check that one. Now, there'll be some people be like, oh, it's it's probably a typo. Well, first of all, there have been six million people who've crossed the border either. I would highly doubt that. But I but I would also suggest to you that uh, I think she just likes to throw silly out there and see what sticks. So six billion. Why not? Some moron will believe that. Same morons that voted for her. <laughs> six billion people. This comes this comes on the heels of, of her uh, assessment on President's Day that the red states should secede from the blue states. That was another good one. Geographically tough to muster that one, I would think. And uh, I would also add to the conversation on that, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, considering that they've got. Two Democratic senators. I'm not sure what the breakup of their congressional delegation is, but you could at least make an argument that Georgia is a blue state these days. So uh you've got the question of whether old Marjorie is gonna secede from herself. So uh again, when when you get when you get frustrated with politicians that just seem like goofballs, uh at least you don't have her to claim. We thank the, thank God for small favors. Uh finally, one one other thing that was just on my mind. And I don't know Matt Pajeski over here spinning the dials. I, I wanna question you on this one. And and maybe this is just me not doing a good good enough job of pouring through everything on every credit card bill every month. But have you ever had something where you Maybe you signed up for a trial or or something along those lines. You gave them the credit card number and it was a three-month free trial and then went down the road and noticed those people have been charging me for months.
6: Yeah. But it's usually only been like one or two months. I, I'm usually pretty pretty good about checking that stuff and usually cancel it right away. But it's definitely happened before and I, I feel cheated.
2: Yeah. And it's like I've, I've had it happen a couple of times now and, and it's it's. It's really frustrating because these companies are clearly they, this is exactly what they want you to do. They want you to sign up for their free trial and then forget about it. And I'm not going I'm not going to name any names, but I'll just say there there've been a couple of companies that, you know that did that pulled this on me. And like I said, I I take full responsibility for the fact that I need to do a better job of of, of dotting every i and crossing every t. But does it not seem like that you know of all the things that our legislators are trying to make illegal, <laughs> doesn't it seem like that might be one they ought to go after?
6: It, it definitely could be, but <laughs> so it's happened so many times at this point now where our you know if if they're asking for your credit card information you should almost just anticipate it if you're typing in your cvv code all that information you should you're you're okay with spending some money at that point because free would not require a credit card that's not True. what free means so True. it's it's almost like we know it's going to happen but we we keep trying to convince ourselves that we're gonna re- we're gonna re- remember to we're cancel gonna remember. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna you know, cancel it. Sure. Yeah. And then
2: and then now I have gotten better. I've, my 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 workaround on this now is I will put a calendar reminder yeah, in yeah, my phone it. for a couple of days before the the free trial is going to expire. But uh, and again, may, maybe I'm a sucker. But I'll tell you what, I think it speaks volumes uh, for how little many companies in this country care about ethics or, or any kind of honesty when they are just basically setting up a business model that relies on the poor sob that forgets to, that forgets to cancel the free trial i mean they they're making millions off of that
6: yeah. and what, what i think even worse than that is all of the all of the convenience fees you get when you buy Concert tickets online, oh, yeah, movie tickets online, it's robbery.
2: Oh, that's that—that's another one. I mean, I, I've got – I think I talked about it last time. I, I, I went through the rigmarole of getting Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> I am the father of a teenage girl. Yes, I was with all of you online that day when, that led to congressional hearings, and I actually got tickets. But, yeah, the the convenience fees and the ticket master fees and all that uh, – They're probably on four tickets over probably $100 of those fees. It was absolute craziness. So, yeah, plenty of things we can complain about on that. Uh, Word to the wise, though, if you sign up for any kind of free trial that requires a credit card number or if you've done so in the last two, three, four months, go back and check your statement. Because I guarantee you somebody's laughing all the way to the bank. 956. Coming up on the top of the hour, KMOX. News is next. Thank you for joining me. My name is George Sells, and we are going to catch you the next time around. Stay tuned for the news with Sean Michael Lyle, and go St. Louis City SC.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long.